Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started, are you wanting to develop your leadership skills? Then why not join my six-month transformational leadership programme, which combines one-to-one coaching with live group sessions. To find out more, head over to my website, www.fishclimbtrees.co.uk or book a call with me using the Calendly link in the show notes. Together, we will dive deep and climb high. I'm so looking forward to today's conversation as we're going to be diving deep into one of my favourite leadership topics. I often describe it as the difference that makes a difference. What is it? Well, it's values. And my guest today is just as passionate about values as I am. We met back in 2017 when she engaged me to help her embed a cultural change program at a university. Wanting to break down a silo mentality that existed within her department and create a culture of exceptional service and innovation, she totally got me when I suggested values may be the way to go. Having worked closely with her for nearly two years, I know that she's a pocket rocket of energy and enthusiasm. She will do whatever she can to improve the life of her customers and her team. Now spearheading change in the charity sector, I'm so, so pleased she agreed to come back into the world of HE just for a little while and chat to me on the show today. It is my great pleasure to introduce and welcome Katrina Walding. Hi, Katrina. Hi, Mel. I've actually got goosebumps listening to you there. I'm very proud of the journey that we went on together, I have to say. Yes, it was fantastic. It was one of the the biggest projects that I did early on when I started my business. So I was grateful for the work, but it was also a fantastic journey to go on with you and the team. But we'll come on to that a little bit later. So for people that don't know you, perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit about your journey what you've been up to and what you're doing now. Okay, so I did a university degree with a placement year um, and actually started in the contract catering field at Sandown Park Racecourse, um, where I returned back to university where I graduated with a leisure and tourism management degree. But I really got the bug for the leisure industry at that point and I was fortunate to return back to the catering field after I graduated Um, but then I transitioned from actual contract catering to the venue side and I started my journey as an event manager at Kempton Park Racecourse Um, and 10 years later I was then head of operations for the London region so that's Kempton, Sandown and Epsom at the Jockey Club 
So very much looking after the customer side from the minute you walk through, drive through the car park, the signage, the experience, the cleanliness, the security, the daily interaction um, with our customers, massive events, including Epsom Derby of 310,000 people, going up to support a Grand National. So yeah, customer service is in my blood. I then moved on to Kew Gardens. So I was employed as an operations manager where it was really, Kew Gardens is a bit of a bizarre one because it's very, it's civil service, but it's one of the largest tourist attractions in London. Um, so naturally those two don't work together. So the estates team, bearing in mind they were there on their weekend, um, very much needed to think about how they were delivering their customer service because in their mindset, they were civil service leaving at five o'clock. And yet we were opening our gates to thousands and thousands of customers on the weekend. I then moved on to Surrey University, where I was customer service business manager. And in principle, again, it was about improving customer service. So the estates and facilities team really didn't consider their customers to be the students. And it was really taking them on that journey to make them realise how that they needed to interact with the students and how they really needed to, well, raise the, raise the service that we delivered. I obviously managed my own teams, but that was a task that I did on behalf of the, old, the whole of the estates and facilities. And then most recently, well, not most recently, because I've been at Jigsaw Trust now for two years. I'm the facilities manager for an, all, an amazing charity, provides education and um, learning opportunities for adults who all have autism. Wow, what a journey. What a, what a diverse set of roles in different sectors. But you can see the common threads the sort of focus on on customer service. So I guess my question for you has to be, knowing that we both have a passion for values, is where did values fit in to that journey that you've been on? And why is it that you're so passionate about them from a leadership perspective? If my memory serves me correct, I was on a management training um, opportunity when I was at the jockey club and I was identified by my boss who nominated me to actually be part of this committee that rolled out the values at the jockey club. So it started years and years ago and we went round, we were all giving different race courses to go and deliver the values workshop at. But where the values really came to major play in my life was at Surrey University. We identified the customer service wasn't correct. Now we have the opportunity to improve that. Now we could send everyone on a customer service course and everyone will walk away two hours later with a lovely certificate and forget about it. Or we worked with the values. And that's a transformational project that doesn't happen overnight. And the reason why values are so important is because it taps into people's personal beliefs, their own values. Our own values define the way we behave. And that's no different in the workplace. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know that we've had many conversations and I might get on my soapbox a bit here, but there are lots and lots of organizations out there that say they have values but to me they're just a bit of a marketing ploy some nice words that we put up on our marketing collateral but what you and I are talking about here what we did at Surrey I think your experience at the jockey club showed you was that actually 
values start with ourselves because they are our moral compass and they guide the way that we can be. So the route to success and why I believe this is such a key part of leadership is because when we tap into our own personal values and we can find the connection between the organization values and what's important to us then that opens a door to as you say transformational change which is deep rooted change rather than just sending people on a program sort of cheap dipping them and bringing them out the other side as as customer service people Absolutely. I mean, this was not an overnight project, as you know. We rolled out, I think it was 24 sessions to 338 staff. And the values workshop itself was not created by the senior management of the estates facilities department. It was created by staff on the ground who were identified as um, key characters within the the wider estates facilities team. Um, So, yes, it is just If you can really embed values into your organisation, you're on a winner. You're absolutely on the right journey. What I think was really important is within the estate facilities team, you're dealing with so many different teams, so many different people from different backgrounds whose English isn't necessarily their first language. And so they could read the estate facilities strategic paper, but that will just go straight over their head or they might go to sleep because it means nothing to them. And each department's going to have their own aims and goals. But five or six values is a really simple language that can be used to tap into people's own values. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about what you learned through the work that you did at the Jockey Club and and Surrey, what you learned about your own values. Wow. As I've grown older, I I think there's a lot of life experience. I mean, my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and passed last year. Both my nephews are autistic. Um, So my own values, one of those things is treat people as how you want to be treated. And I very much apply that to the way I manage people as well. So how does that translate for you in the way that you treat people at, at work? You're going to respect them. You treat people also as individuals. With autism, once you met one person, one autistic person, you've only met one autistic person. So you need to treat them as individuals. Um, And teamwork, I very much want to encourage people to work together. Everyone's got different strengths um, that they can bring to the table. So it's this real collaborative approach. My values really fitted into Surrey University values, which one of them was collaboration. It was respect um, and also um, integrity as well. And integrity, you know, that mindset of having seen my dad with Alzheimer's and my nephews with autism, it is respecting them, them as individuals. Yeah, very much so. And I think that actually you make an important point there, which is about finding what links your values to the values of the organization but also when we went on that journey at Surrey it was understanding that sometimes one word can mean something to you but mean something different to me and I think that's where sometimes we can come a cropper because we can talk about the word respect and you would think well everyone 
knows what respect means, but actually it can mean different things for different people. And that's where the deep dive needs to take place because you need to be able to really make sure that everyone in the team has a clear understanding of what that means. Because as you said right at the beginning, our values drive our actions and behaviours. So if we're looking for values to drive our actions and behaviours and change things, then we need to be very clear about what we mean by the words that we use. Yeah, absolutely. In the workshops, though, we did, which the ambassadors rolled out, we very much talked about what the values were, uh, how everyone understood the behaviour that came out from that value. And that created lots and lots of discussion. And again, that was not a senior management exercise. This is staff on the ground who describe what respect meant to them, what collaboration. I think we even changed the term collaboration to teamwork because collaboration didn't really mean anything to many of the team, whereas teamwork did. Um, And ambition, I mean, there was people that were talking about their own ambition, which in turn does impact the wider team because they could be striving to do a professional qualification or there's ambition as what your team is going to achieve together. Yeah, very much so. So understanding the behaviours come out of those values is essential because the values without digging deeper, as you say, is worthless. There's no point me standing up there and just saying to the organisation, these are our values, as you said, or like some companies just print them, don't they? But they don't really do any change or work with their team to understand how that relates to them on a personal level. Yeah, totally. And those workshops really were the, the first level because once we got that and sort of got it rolled out across the department, then it was about moving it up and looking at how the supervisors, the team leaders, the managers and the leaders of the department then flex their style to ensure that they were reinforcing the values. Yeah, because you lead by example, don't you? So if the leaders or supervisors or managers didn't walk the walk, then how, why on earth were those on the ground even follow, follow, them, follow their example? Um, you know, so it's really, really important that we gave the managers, the supervisors, the team leaders, the tools and confidence to live and stand by those values first, because they're the ones that are day on day leading their teams. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and so often in these projects, and it, it bared out, and sorry, actually, because there was you and Peter who sort of engaged me and, and had that understanding and you had the vision, you knew where you wanted to go with it. And then when we rolled it out across the department, all the customer facing teams, all of those people on the ground, they absolutely embraced it. They loved it. They got it. You know, sorry was no different to anyone else where I worked or see these projects move forward is that actually the most difficult and challenging part is for those middle managers who perhaps don't have the skills Uh to begin with and then we're adding another layer which says actually we want you to build your management style around these values so actually doing that piece of work at Surrey was really really beneficial yes And every manager, supervisor, team leader was put on the training, regardless if they'd done it before. 
because it was so important that we treated everybody the same yeah and you're right the staff on the ground absolutely loved it because when we rolled out the workshop they were meeting colleagues from the department who they'd never met before um so this was their opportunity to build better relationships as well yeah it it was and also as part of that program as part of that sort of middle management piece we also looked at what basic skills did we need to equip people with because in fairness if we were living the values that we were rolling out we needed to ensure those people were equipped with the skills that they needed to then be able to then deliver their management in the framework of the values that had been identified yeah and we checked in with those values ambassadors because if there was no point us going off on a tangent if those values ambassadors did not buy into what we were delivering. Yeah. And it was great because they came from across the department at all different levels. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving away from values, I know that that's a key part of, of, of your leadership strategy. But, but what for you is good leadership? So I've always managed staff on the ground and I really like to treat people as they want to be treated. I will very much roll up my sleeves if I need to. Not all the time, but it shows my team that I have their back and if they need help, I will will step up and help them. At the race courses, I've swept snow for many, many hours at silly o'clock in the morning to get the race courses open. I think it just shows everyone that if I'm willing to do it, then what I'm asking of them is not unacceptable. Yeah, and I really, really enjoy developing people as well. If they want to be developed, because not everyone does, there's nothing more exciting than watching um, one of your up-and-coming members of staff go on to do better things. They might leave you, which is always sad, but that's what you want them to do. And teamwork. I am a big, big team player. Um, and when you get that teamwork right, it can be it can be just amazing. Yeah. So how have you found the transition moving from, from Surrey University to the charity sector and the job that you now have at Jigsaw? That is a very interesting question. I mean, Surrey University, you had something like 300 cleaners, let's say 50 maintenance engineers. I did moving to Jigsaw um, has been interesting because I literally had a team of two and I stepped in right at the beginning of um, COVID. So it's been interesting, but What I love about Jigsaw is that everyone is there for a good reason. Um, There's very little politics, (laughs) which I enjoy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and genuinely everyone there is really there for a good reason. And I love nothing more when my team and I deliver something that has an impact on the experience or the education of our learners. A lot of our children or learners arrive by taxis because they haven't got local services nearby. They might have been in a car for an hour, so sometimes I have to do taxis with my team. And when you get high fives from the learners or they want to talk to you, just remind you why you're there and that you're making a difference. So in some ways, you're living a dream of doing a job that 
aligns with your values. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's tough. I mean, it was a charity started by my boss, Kate Grant. I mean, it started literally with her, her son, and I think three other learners. Um, And it's now growing and it's growing and it's going to grow. So sometimes you do think, well, why are we doing that? I'm changing a lot of practices and procedures. I've restructured my team recently. So some of the things you're starting from complete scratch, there is those moments you go, why do we do that? But, you know, I just, I do love it. So there's been a lot of change. And I think one of the things that I was so proud of is the fact that I have an ability to get on with most people. And it's because of my experience of working with so many staff on the ground, you know, cleaners, they might have come from abroad, have really, you know, high, high qualifications, but in this country, they are, they're cleaning. Um, It's about treating everyone with respect um, and speaking on their level. So I'm no better than them. Yeah, absolutely. So, Taking a slightly different tact, when have you had to dive deep and what impact did that have on you? So, I mean, there's two examples that I can think of come to mind recently. When I left Surrey University, I really didn't know what I was going to do. And you sort of look back at your jobs and write lists of what you do like, what you don't like in a job. And I was getting my applications out there left, right, centre. My confidence was really being hit. And on the off chance, the job at Pixel just popped up. And it was like my heart sang. You know, there's this charity that supports autism. And there's a personal connection to me because both my nephews are autistic. Um, And then when I went there on the day, it was just amazing. But digging deep and fighting for a job interview um a lot of people when I said I worked in horse racing genuinely couldn't see beyond the horses and understand what it was I actually did and I was like please just forget the horses um, and then secondly I think you know supporting my mum and my dad my dad with his Alzheimer's it was tough um and juggling that balance of still going to work supporting my mum making sure she was okay but family also comes first. And again, I am so grateful to Jigsaw because they are a charity. They understood and really supported me through those times. And towards the end, I was actually able to work from dad's bedroom in the care home. So I am just so grateful to Jigsaw. I wouldn't have got that in some of my jobs in the past. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I stood by you through both of those stories um, and those journeys that you went on. So thank you very much for sharing those. When have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree? I actually think the values workshops, Mel, that we did together, the values journey was just something I am so proud of. I could jump up and celebrate. You know, it was tough because it was keeping that momentum going as well as doing my, you know, my day-to-day job. But yeah, I am so proud. I mean, the results that we got from the staff, the change in attitude, the staff survey results that we received, it just blew my mind. I'm so proud of it. And I was looking back of just examples that we did. 
that are examples of work that was delivered as a result of the values. And it was an amazing project. And I'm so glad, Mel, that we met each other uh, because we do definitely do speak on the same language, which helps. It certainly does. And I think that you make a very important point there is that so often work around values and it's very intangible because you're looking at culture change, you're looking at transformational change. And sometimes that can be really hard to measure. But at Surrey, we did have the staff survey and it did really, really show the difference that we made year on year. And so that was really nice. And it meant that I know internally both you and Peter could could talk about the success and some people would get the soft, fluffy stuff. But for those people that needed the hard data, the tangible evidence, you were also able to provide that as well, which was brilliant. And I also got nominated for colleague of the year as a result of the work by Peter, my boss. Um, And as a department, we submitted a state facilities team of the year awards to the ORD. And I think we got recognised. I want to say we were pipped to the post, but we were definitely recognised. Love the analogy, pipped to the post, horse racing. That made me chuckle. (laughs) Didn't even think about that. I mean, it was definitely a fish climbing tree moment, which was why part of the story made it into my book as well. And I know that we could go on chatting about this for hours, and we do. When whenever we meet up, we always we always have a good chat about our Surrey days. So if people want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more, they want to find out more about how you approach that project, maybe find out a little bit more about Jigsaw, how can people get in touch with you? I would love people to come and have a look around Jigsaw if anyone was interested. So I'm on LinkedIn, Trina Walding. I can also give you my email address, katrinawalding at jigsawtrust.co.uk. I'd love to share my experience of the values programme, um, of the, anything that I've said today that people are interested in. Please, please contact me. I think it's so important to support people. I'm so lucky because, you know, I've got contacts like yourself other colleagues who I've worked with in my previous roles that are still supporting me at Jigsaw and are coming to provide some free work. So yeah, I happily talk to anyone that wanted to bend my ear. Brilliant. Okay, so it just leaves me to say thank you so much. I know how busy you are and I really appreciate the fact that if in some ways you're taking time out of the charity sector to come back and talk to me about the world of HE and the projects that we did together. What final words of wisdom would you like to leave people with today? Always be true to yourself. If something doesn't feel right on your moral compass, don't do it. Stand up and don't do it. So really be true to yourself and treat everyone with respect. You know, both autism and Alzheimer's are kind of invisible disabilities. And I would would ask people to go out and start to educate yourselves on invisible disabilities. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can do leadership. 
in a world of can't. <laughs>